You are listening to TKO on CFRU Radio 93.3 FM in Guelph, Ontario and available worldwide at CFRU.ca. What is happening, everybody? What is good with y'all? It's your girl, Jodanon, right here on TKO. As you already know, here on TKO, all we talk about is mixed martial arts, also known as MMA, and other combat sports, too. We also discuss the issues that surround the world of fighting and talk about notable fighters and athletes and how they all got started in the game and, of course, where they are now. So, what is good, everybody? I hope everybody's been enjoying this very lovely fall weather. Uh, today was a lovely, lovely day. It was about 15 degrees outside. And, uh, you know, when you look at trees and their the, the colors of their leaves just changing, it's beautiful, beautiful for pictures and beautiful for just uh, a really nice uh, walk out in nature, enjoying the last uh, few days of our nice weather before we get our first snow of the year sometime next week. Yes, you heard it here first. Um, and it's all okay. Like um, like I've been saying previously on our show, I just feel like we need to appreciate uh, the beauties of uh, different times of the year. And uh, I guess that goes for all stages of life. Just, uh, you know, whatever you're given, just enjoy the best out of it. And uh, appreciate those nice moments and you're all set. Yeah. All right. And also, uh, happy early Halloween, everybody. I hope most of you at least are planning to uh, get dressed up for Halloween. Personally, I'm the type of person who always leaves dressing up till last minute, even like the brainstorming phase of it. Before I'd be like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm going to be this cool character or whatever. Like, um, I don't know, like uh, this this cool person from like Squid Game or something, you know, because everybody loves that show nowadays. Uh, unfortunately, I'm just so lazy at buying all the the stuff for the costumes. So I guess this year I'll just have to go with what I already have, uh, which is like a pair of boxing gloves and, you know, just, just like the stuff that I have. And I guess I'll just have to pull like a Ronda Rousey or like a Rocky Balboa or something. Which is not bad at all. Uh, love it still. And um, that that still is going to grant me a lot of candy for trick-or-treating. JK, I have not been trick-or-treating for years. But, you know, a person can only dream, right? So I hope everybody enjoys their Halloween this upcoming weekend. And actually, this weekend, we have a very good treat awaiting us in the world of combat sports and that thing that big treat is of course UFC 267 which is going to be happening uh for the first time in so long actually we're going back to fight island in uh the UAE we're going back to Yaz Island and this almost feels kind of nostalgic I'm not gonna lie I just had, like, when I saw this today, I didn't know that the fights were happening on Fight Island, but when I saw that it was happening on, on Yaz Island, it gave me flashba uh, flashbacks of the first time on the show that we announced to everybody that the UFC was going to be having live events and live fights in their very own Fight Island, which was just so mysterious to all of us at the time, and, you know... 
of course, with everything that the whole world was going through with the pandemic and all the uh, uncertainties and whatnot, uh, literally no sport in the whole world was uh, broadcasting live and everything was just pretty much on a pause, a big pause. And the UFC was just one of those uh, pioneer organizations amid the pandemic to to actually take that step forward and uh, actually make live sports happen again and they did so by renting out their very own island um in uh, abu dhabi to only like for the sole purpose of having mma fights on it and how crazy is that so they made it happen and uh they just kept on going until the world started to eventually get back to how it was before the pandemic and here we are um me telling you that this upcoming UFC event is going back to Fight Island and the fact that I told you that it feels so nostalgic to me which is you know that by itself is also surreal if that makes sense you know what I mean but I'm just so happy uh that they're going back there uh it just gives it that extra feel of oh yeah you know we're back to business and this is some serious stuff happening and that we have some seriously good fights coming your way for UFC 267. So guess who's going to be uh, headlining this UFC 267 fight card? We are going to be having Jan Blokovic, the current light heavyweight champion of the UFC, defending his belt against uh, the title challenger and longtime UFC veteran Glover Teixeira. So this is going to be a very interesting fight and I'm going to be getting more into it as we go on with the show. But overall, I think it's going to be a very interesting fight. Um, again, considering that someone like Glover Teixeira, he's been fighting MMA for as long as I, I can remember as a fan. And Jan Blokovic, of course, uh, he's shown through and through that he really indeed deserves to be the current light heavyweight champion and that he's arguably one of the best light heavyweights to have ever existed. And I say that with very good reasoning which you will uh, know for yourself in a few minutes. So that's going to be our main event of the evening for UFC 267. And also, before I forget, so because the fights are happening over at the UAE, uh, for all of us watching from the Eastern time zone, um, I do want to remind you all that you have to start, you have to tune in to the main car starting 2 p.m. Okay, so this is not going to be happening over... Um, the night for us, you have to start to, you have to start watching the fights from 2 p.m. Do not forget, mark it down in your calendars, you know, put an X mark on your hand, whatever you have to do. Uh, yes, don't forget 2 p.m. Eastern time zone. That's going to be the main event, the start of the main event, uh, or the main card. Sorry. Yeah. So main event is going to be Jan Blakovic versus Glover Teixeira. For the cool main event, we're going to be having Piotr Jan. The former bantamweight champion of the UFC going at it against uh, one of the top one of the toppest contenders in the bantamweight division right now, and a very very challenging uh, opponent, I would say, for Piotr Jan, Corey Sanhagen. So this is actually going to be for the interim bantamweight uh, championship belt, which is going to be interesting because Piotr Jan, he was uh, the champion in this division, like the undisputed champion until he had a fight against 
a former uh, opponent, uh, Aljamain Sterling. And the fight by itself, it was actually very controversial. And specifically the way that Piotr Jan lost this title to Aljamain Sterling because... Uh, I'm not sure if you guys remember, but there was a illegal knee exchange and the the referee declared the fight as a disqualification. So that's how Aljamain Sterling became the new champion and how Piotr Jan lost his belt. There was no involvement of, you know, anybody finishing the other person, submitting them or winning through a decision. It was only a decision of... Uh, disqualification rather so it was pretty controversial uh the two or the yeah the two Piotr Jan and Aljamain Sterling were supposed to fight against each other for a rematch because of how controversial the first fight was because of many many reasons though Aljamain Sterling was uh didn't agree to fight uh, against Piotr Jan so now we have Corey Sanhagen going against Piotr Jan for the interim championship uh, belt. So that means that the winner of this fight is going to be fighting against Aljo in the near future so that the bantamweight belts are finally unified and we have one undisputed champion, right? We have to end all disputes very soon in the bantamweight division. All right, so that's our co-main event of the evening. I want to say that we have two of the best fighters from Russia fighting on this UFC 267 fight card. Number one, we're going to be having Islam Makhachev fighting Dan Hooker from uh, Australia or New Zealand. I'm actually not sure uh, if he's from Australia or New Zealand, but who cares because Dan Hooker is one heck of a fighter. And it's going to be a very, very big challenge for Islam Makhachev, who I absolutely love in the UFC right now. Uh, it is going to be a lightweight bout between the two guys. And Islam Makhachev, this is going to be an interesting fight for him as well because um, I feel like with every fight, Islam has been getting so much better. And I feel like he's starting to come out of his shell of oh, you know, I come from such a strong wrestling background, therefore, you know, I just have to stick to that uh, to win my fights that way. I feel like he's trying to, to he's trying to come out of that, excuse me, come out of that shell more now so that he shows everybody that, yes, he is a good wrestler, but also he has a good striking in him. And overall, he's just a very well-rounded mixed martial artist. Um, so I think this fight will definitely be a good proof of how much improvement Islam has had over the past few months that he's been training and that uh, whether or not um, this okay I don't want to like give this a negative connotation at all but I this fight is definitely going to be a proof of whether or not the Islam hype train that we've been on for the longest time is actually legit or not and why is it a hype train to most should i say because islam as some of you might know is uh khabib Nurmagomedov's protege khabib you know the goat the greatest of all time the former lightweight champion of the ufc a person who's still undefeated to the state and retired with an absolute perfect record uh from mma so islam we're talking about the same Islam. Islam uh, Makachev, the protege of Khabib Nurmagomedov. He's going to be fighting. Um, 
But again, we have to make sure that the hype train that we have been on for him is legit and that Islam, I personally attest to the fact that he's been getting better and better. But for the people, for the doubters in the back, you know, he still has to prove to them that he is improving indeed and that his style of fighting is evolving. And he's not just a good wrestler, but he's also a really, really well-rounded. He's starting to become a well-rounded mixed martial artist. So this is a very important fight for Islam, but also for Dan Hooker. Uh, Dan Hooker, too, he's uh, he's had his own ups and downs um, in the weight division. But one thing that I can attest to for Dan Hooker is that uh, he is the type of fighter. He's indeed a brawler deep down in his heart. Whether he gets injured, whether he is tired or not, he will just keep on coming forward and he doesn't care what the outcome of the fight will be. He'll just put it all out there on the table. He will give it his absolute best and his absolute all for every single fight that he is involved in. So for that reason, this fight, um, I feel like both guys have something major to prove to their fans. So I'm personally keeping a very... Uh, alert eye on the spout between Islam Makachev and Dan Hooker. This is going to be the third last fight of the evening, uh, rightfully so. So I would highly recommend everybody to ve like stay very, very tuned in to this fight at UFC 267. Okay, so the other uh, Russian who is going to be fighting on this card, who uh, also has a lot of eyes on him, is going to be Hamza Chemaev, who is going to be fighting Li Jingliang uh, from China for a welterweight bout. And that also is going to be very, very exciting. So, um, okay. It's just something about these uh, fighters from Dagestan, Russia, that has got everybody tuning in to all of their fights you know i already talked about islam now i want to tell you about how amazing of a fighter hamza chemaev is in case you already don't know so hamza chemaev um he is currently undefeated he has had nine professional um uh, fights therefore wins uh, in um in mma and uh, ever since he should I, yeah, transitioned to the UFC, made a contract with the UFC in 2020. He has been winning all of his fights in very, very dominating fashion as well. Um, he, uh, ha overall, he has everything in him. He has good wrestling in him. He has good striking in him. He is fighting out of Sweden, though, the all-star uh, gym in uh, Stockholm, Sweden, which is the home of many uh, notable MMA fighters, people like Alexander Gustafsson, you know, people like Reza Madagmadari. So he trains with all those <laughs> beasts over there, essentially, right? Uh, but overall, he's a, he's a very versatile fighter, and that has allowed him to showcase a lot of interesting things in his uh, fight so far in the UFC. A lot of people have been... So I said that uh, a lot of people are on his hype train as well. In my opinion, rightfully so, because of the dominating fashion that he's been winning his most recent fights in the UFC. So this too will be another testament to how 
good really Hamza is in the UFC and whether or not we should be paying more uh, serious attention to him. I know that on like the MMA community online uh, has Hamza as one of the like one of those bigger figures right now in the community people that they would just keep talking about and talk about what they would like to or like who they would like to see fight against Hamza because of how good Hamza Chamayev really is. And so yeah, he he is very um well known in the MMA community. He has been very well known since uh he made his uh uh contract with the UFC. So this is going to be a very very interesting fight for Hamza Chmaev as well. Um uh, my opinion though, if I were the UFC or if I were a matchmaker in the UFC, I wouldn't necessarily give uh, Li Jingjiang, uh, Jing Liang uh, to Hamza Chimaev right now. I would actually, be especially because, like I told you earlier, um, everybody knows how good Hamza really is. It's not like you, you make a mistake with these type of uh, talents in uh, combat sports. When you see a talent that is just so genuine, you just know from the bottom of your heart, it's like, you know it at, at first sight, okay? Like, I <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, but as a combat sports fan, you just got to trust that intuition. You just got to trust that gut. And our gut never lies, okay? So as, a, as if I were a matchmaker, I would not give Hamza Chemaev Mr. Lee here, I would give him someone, um, someone, of, someone of a bigger name and higher ranking in the welterweight division right now. Someone like uh, the first person that came to my mind uh, for no particular reason, but I think uh, who I think would be a good matchup for Hamza Chmaev would be um, Tyron Woodley. And I know I'm going to get a lot of, okay, Jenna, why, right? Okay, let me explain why. Number one, he is well-known. Yes, he is. Uh, he used to be the champion at, at the welterweight division. There you go. He's not quite at his prime anymore, but he still has it in him. He, is, he still has that beast in him, and he still has that explosiveness in him. So I think for us to really get a test of how good, how good really Hamza Chemayev is, I would personally give him to one of those uh, really strong fighters who are still, uh, who are still, you know, in the game. They're not necessarily at their prime, but they're definitely big names in the division. I would, I would give one of those people to Hamza Chemayev, and then if he keeps proving himself over and over then I would actually move him up in the rankings and see how things play out between the top contenders and how he matches up against them. But let's not forget, you know, to play devil's advocate to my own point, this is indeed a very uh, competitive weight division in the UFC right now. The welterweight division, we have the current champion, 
Kamaru Usman. We have Colby Covington. You know, absolute monsters in the welterweight di division right now. People who are essentially the the way they fight. It's like they're robots. They they really don't ever get exhausted. They don't ever like when they go to their corners after a really heavy round. They don't even pant or anything. Because that's just how well prepared they are. And that's because of their hard training prior to their fights. So we, at the same time, the welterweight division has those, those really competitive people, right? But also we have these rise, uh, rising talents and up-and-coming people like Hamza Chemaev, who, who really do deserve, uh, they just deserve to be recognized more. Right. And uh, they, they need that recognition, in my opinion. And they need to be uh, truly challenged for us to see how good they really match up, how well they really match up against um, top talents. And yeah, like it's it's good for everybody. It's good for their career. It's good for us, the fans. And it's good for the promoters because um especially like especially Hamza like he always puts on a great performance so why not why the heck not right so that's what I would do um I don't know if anybody would listen but I I'm really in favor of having Hamza Chimaya fight Tyron Woodley one day it would be a good fight trust me anyway so yeah that's uh, uh oh wow I I can't believe I talked about that so much but uh Overall, I just want to emphasize again that UFC 267 is going to be absolutely stacked. And now I just want to, before we run out of time, I actually want to talk in more detail about the Jan Blakovich and Glover to share a fight. So Jan Blakovich, ooh, let's talk about this fella who's been dominating opponents left and right in this division. So where do we start? Let me just tell you that um, he, Jan Blakovich is one of those guys who has the... Like, if you were to make a medley <laughs> of all the things that a really good uh, light heavyweight fighter should have, I feel like Jan Blakovich has all of those things. What do I mean by that? He has the power shots that any uh, heavyweight fighter would need. He also has that um, dynamicness. And he, he knows how to be light on his feet. And he knows how to act fast uh, inside the octagon. So that he's not just uh, standing in front of his opponent and simply just trading shots with him. He knows how to hit and not get hit himself. Right. And that's that's the biggest key to any combat sport, in my opinion. But sometimes I feel like especially um, heavier fighters, you know, like fighters uh, fighting in um, heavyweight divisions, they often forget that that's that's like the biggest rule of combat sports and that you need to. Yeah. Like it's important that you um, uh, so, like uh, you, you do damage to your opponent, but also at the same time, you should not get damaged. I feel like sometimes heavier fighters forget that. So Jan Blokovic knows a trick, and he knows it so well to the extent that 
he became the lightweight champion, right? Um, Jan Blachowicz, one of his, uh, should I say, okay, so his most recent fight was against Israel Adesanya, the current middleweight champion of the UFC. And um, he performed super well in this uh, weight division. He, he just fights so smooth uh, with everything that he does. He is uh, very accurate with his combinations. He throws them fast, but also throws them very powerfully. What else do you want? <laughs> Seriously, what else do you want in a light heavyweight fighter, right? He has everything that you need to have as a light heavyweight fighter. Um, which makes us think, okay, is this like too good to be true? Because we have not had this good of a talent in anybody since uh, John Jones was in this uh, light heavyweight division, right? So, yeah, you know, I don't want to really jinx it, but in my opinion, Jan Blokovic, to me, um, he is absolutely my number one um, fighter in this uh, weight division, and he's uh, doing everybody proud. This is how a light heavyweight fighter should fight. Uh, and... Okay, I hope that you understand that I'm not trying to be biased and I'm simply stating facts. And if you don't believe me, just look at all the people that Jan Blokovich has fought since 2019. His five, more re- five, excuse me, five most recent fights that he's had. Most recent one, Israel Adesanya. He beat the middleweight champion. That was out of the way. He beat Dominic Reyes. And the fight that he was fighting for the championship belt, Dominic Reyes, who is no easy contender at all, a person who used to play professional football, right? And Jan Blokovich still managed to defeat him. Corey Anderson, a person who is currently signed with Bellator and who just beat their um, uh, heavyweight champion. Ryan Bader, Corey Anderson. But Jan Blokovic beat Corey Anderson in 2020. Just uh, process that for a minute, right? He beat the Brazilian jiu-jitsu giant Jacare Sosa. And he also beat the former uh, middleweight champion Luke Rockhold. So I want the records and the facts to speak for themselves when it comes to Jan Blokovic. And now you know that, honestly, I was just stating facts. I was not even trying to exaggerate for a bit. (laughs) That's just how good of a fighter Jan Blokovic is. But I want to give you more information on Glover Teixeira as well. Glover? Okay, so Glover Teixeira... He has had 32 wins in professional MMA. And overall, uh, so I'm just trying to do the math for myself. So he's had about f- 39 professional fights overall in MMA. He's 41 years old. He's been doing this whole MMA thing since 2002. Okay. Let that sink in for a minute. And for someone to be fighting until this age, that means that they have that fighting spirit in them. 
and it's a legit thing. It is not. Uh, it, it's not for alternative motives. It's merely for the passion of fighting, and for them to build up their own legacy. And surprisingly enough, yes, uh, he is forty-one years old. He has been fighting since two thousand and two. To this date, to this date, Glover Teixeira, he he was just so um, overlooked. He was always shadowed upon by other fighters in the in the light heavyweight division. But now I feel like he's finally starting to get his fair share of things by finally getting a title shot after so long in this division. But the organization has not made it easy for him at all. For this, for this to be, this is gonna be anything but a smooth fight for Glover Teixeira. But listen, I'm so happy that he's finally uh, getting that opportunity, that golden ticket opportunity type of thing, because he really deserves it. He's been fighting for almost 20 years now, and he's finally getting that opportunity. He's finally getting that title shot. And for that reason, I would highly recommend everybody to watch this fight at UFC 267 on Saturday at 2 p.m. to Eastern Time Zone because, again, the fights are happening in Abu Dhabi. All right. Unfortunately, that is all the time we're going to be having for this week, y'all. Make sure you go to CFRU.ca to catch up with our previous episodes. And until next time, it's your girl, Janan, right here. And this is TKO. Peace out. Peace out.